what's that going to look like uh, at the end of the year, uh, your goals and, you know, just pumping you up and blowing wind up people's pipes uh, to make them feel good for uh, a new year. But that's not going to happen today. That's not going to happen today. What we're going to do today is we're going to start church like we want to finish church, uh, is what we're going to do. We're going to start the year like we want to finish the year. I mean, you guys, you're the cream of the crop. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know that. I know that. You're the cream of the crop because you're here on the first Sunday of the year, which is amazing. Amazing that you're you're here. And I'm so grateful because I kind of come nervously into holiday church period because I think, will anyone show up today? Is is everyone going to be online? Because uh, online is now a thing. Online church. Like, you know, years ago, say 10 years ago, no one ever imagined they'd be sitting at home or sitting in a motel or even in a beach or in a park and participating in church in online church. But now apparently it's a thing. It's it's now a deal. You can do that now. And uh, I'm so thankful for that because when you do travel and when you are away, you can still lock in uh, to your own church. I mean, I I remember the days when we go on holidays and we go to another church and in some ways it was good, but in other ways it wasn't good um, because your heart really is here and you want to be among this. And so online gives us the opportunity to do that. Also, not only is online now a thing, so is also working from home is now, apparently that's a thing, uh, working from home for a lot of people. For a lot of people, they can work from home as an option uh, for their career, uh, for their job. And so, so much has changed over the last few years since 2020. So many dynamics have changed. So many habits have changed. So many patterns for people have changed. Life rhythms have changed. And particularly in the realm of people's uh, workplaces, uh, in, in people's uh, faith expression, things have changed. It really, it shook the world in a lot of ways. And we saw that change transpire before our eyes as a church, like churches did right across the world, but particularly in the Western world, where faith was redefined for a lot of believers and for some not in a good way. Some just walked away from their faith, some downplayed it, some downgraded it, some diminished their level of commitment uh, in the way that they do the faith journey. So it's been quite a challenging time for individuals, for families, for businesses, and uh, certainly for church, it's been a challenging period. But the good news is God has been with us through all that challenge. God has been with, he promised us he would do that. He promised us he would never leave us. Aren't you glad about that? That he would never forsake us. He said, I won't leave you as orphans. I'll be with you. I'll always be with you. And and we need to remember that. We need to remember that God doesn't walk out just because it gets a little bit hard. He doesn't walk out because it's a little bit challenging. Uh, He doesn't walk out because others walk out. He stays very much intimately entwined and connected with who we are and what we're doing. And I believe this for our church and I, I believe this for you. I believe that the uh, the, 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 latter, the, the latter glory of the house, like the Bible says, will be nothing compared to what's coming, to what's coming. What's been uh, was good, but what's coming is great. Everyone say great. Oh, great is so much better than good. I love great. Great is so much uh, um, bigger uh, in terms of its impact and influence uh, than, than good. And, and good is good while well, you got it, but great is wonderful to look forward to. And I, I pray. I hope that you've got great things to look forward to in 2024. I still believe the best is yet to come. Anyone else believe that? I believe that. I believe the best is yet to come. Don't ever allow the attitude or the thought to take residence in your head or your heart that the best days are done because they're not. Your best days aren't done until the day we say goodbye to you. That's when your best days on this earth are done, but greater is coming. How many of you know that? Greater is coming. It's time. Everyone say it's time. It's time. I don't know what it's time for, for you. Um, maybe it's time to, I don't know. Maybe it's time to, 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 to. Uh, I just want to walk cautiously through this because I'm the one up the front with the microphone right now. Maybe it's time to get fit. 
Look straight ahead right now. Maybe not at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. This is not going to encourage you. Maybe it's time to get fit. Maybe it's time to lose some weight. Everyone suck it in. Oh, I, can't, I can't suck it in enough. Maybe it's time to, to, to lose some weight. Maybe it's time to, to be a better you, to be a better version of you. Maybe it's time for that. Maybe it's time to get some good financial habits and save more than you spend. That would be a good thought for 2024. Maybe it's time to uh, really advance your career, your business. Take some risk. Maybe it's time for that. Maybe it's time to broaden your world and your friendships and your relationships and your connections. Maybe it's time to get bigger. Maybe it's time to do, maybe it's time to buy a home. Maybe it's time to do that. Maybe it's time to buy rather than rent. Maybe it's time to step into that level of investment. Uh, for you. Whatever it's time for, it's time. It's time is what I believe. And I believe it's time for us, not only as individuals, but it's time for us as a church. And, and I approach this year, and I pray you do, I approach this year with a lot of enthusiasm, renewed passion, uh, even though it's been a very tiresome end to 2023 and beginning to 2024. I'm ready for 2024. Anyone else ready? I'm ready for 2024. My heart's ready. My head's ready. My spirit's ready for 2024. And I'm praying for good things, for favor, for every one of us individually, and also for us corporately. It's time to turn the tide. It's time to, in the words of, uh, uh, who was it? Was it, was it Tina Arena? Uh, it's time to turn back. Sure. Who's Tina Arena? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm still back. If I could turn back time, people live with that concept, with that thought. I'm not asking you to turn back time. It's time to turn. Time to turn the tide. Time to expand our hearts. Time to extend our reach. It's time to return to the core of our faith and the core of our beliefs as God followers. I think if the last few years has taught us anything, it's taught us the value of our foundation, the value of our core. Uh, It's one of the things we did at our church was we, we restored that thought and that pattern, that behavior, that habit of having communion in every one of our gatherings. And I know for some people, it's like, it gets a little bit monotonous. And they think, why are we doing this uh, every service? Because it, it really is a core belief of that, that, that common union and that beautiful moment that we have to remind ourselves that our strength and our, our, our life, our existence and our forgiveness, our grace is all caught up in the act of the cross and what Jesus did for us when he laid down his life and he rose again. And, and it really become a a priority again for us and it should have always been but it it certainly became a priority again as a core practice and a core function and belief of our, our our gatherings and so we've 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 restored that so it's time to return to the core of belief and faith and behavior as followers of Jesus Christ it's time is a It's a public declaration for me. It's a prophetic declaration and proclamation uh, of the expectation that's in my heart. I don't want to live with a uh, um, a, a once upon a time thing or maybe someday in the future. I want to live with a now sense. Anyone else want to live with that? I want to live with a now sense. It could happen today. You know, like Jesus said that he was coming back. And I don't know whether you've noticed, but it's been a while. It's been a while. Like, it's a long time between that promise and his actual physical return to this earth. But I still believe he's coming. And I want to live believing he could come today. I want to live believing he could come today. He could, he could return at any moment. And I want to live with that sense of urgency. I want to live with the urgency I lived with when I was in high school and I, I was waiting to get my license. Anyone else remember those days? And, and you, you're in your senior years and you're, you're waiting for the day you get your car license and you think it's never, ever going to happen. It's never going to happen. The, the, the days just seem so long and so slow. But what I found out, the older I get, the quicker time goes. That's why I've got to talk fast. Time just goes so quick now. 2023, it seems like we're just celebrating that and all of a sudden we're saying goodbye. And it's hello from the other side. We're, we're, now, we're now at 2024. And before you know it, 2025 will be here. So don't waste time. Don't waste 
time. It's time right now. So this is a this series is like a prophetic declaration for me as a pastor of this church to declare to our church and to the heavenlies, to the unseen realm, and to each of our hearts and minds that it's time for God to do some things that God has promised that he would do. Anyone have unfinished promises, unfulfilled dreams, hopes, desires, promises in your heart? Every hand in the room and online should be up right now because we do. Well, I'm believing it's time. Everyone say it's time. It's time. Live with that kind of expectation. Live with that kind of thought. Let me show you a scripture. It's pretty rough. I've got to warn you. It's pretty rough. It's Luke 9.62. I'm going to do the soft version first <coughs> because that's in the Message Bible. The Message Bible is nice and soft. It's nice and flowery. It's nice and contemporary. And it puts it this way. When Jesus was challenging some people that wanted to follow him and be his followers and be, be people that would be intimately connected with him and a part of his team, and he challenged them. He challenged them because they came up with all kinds of excuses and thoughts of procrastination as to why they couldn't capture the thought of, it's time right now. It's it's time right now. And this is what Jesus said. It said, Jesus said, no procrastination. Look at your neighbor right now, particularly if it's your partner. Just go, no procrastination. None. No backward looks. Don't look back. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. Seize the day. In other words, Jesus is saying, it's time right now. If you're going to follow me, follow me. And don't follow me half-heartedly, follow me. And don't procrastinate about that. Don't look back about that. Just push into the kingdom right now. Then he says, this is in the NIV. It's a little bit harder. Where Jesus replied, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. Is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Some people struggle with the fact that Jesus spoke so strongly about some issues to people that wanted to follow him because we have this imagery of Jesus being this little meek and mild um, public speaker and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd treat everyone with uh, uh, dignity and respect and, and, and value their space and Jesus just got up in your face sometimes. Did you notice that? Jesus just got up in people's face every now and then and, and drew the line in the sand. And that's what he was doing here for those that put up their hand and said, I, I want to follow you uh, with all of my heart, but first let me go and do this. Let me attend to that. I've got this thing I've got to take care of. And Jesus said, no, you don't. He, he's basically saying, if you're putting your hand up, and you want to be involved with me, you want to follow me, you want to be fit for service, then we've got to live with the thought of it's time right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. It's time right now. Jesus challenged procrastination with proclamation when he said, seize the day. And I want to challenge procrastination. And I know there's none of it in the room right now. I know that there's no procrastination in the room right now because you're here. You're here. So I'm, I'm preaching for not those that are on holidays because everyone deserves a holiday. You've got to have a holiday, don't you? You do. You've got to have a holiday. Holidays are great. It's good to have a holiday. It's good to have a break. It's good to get refreshed. It's good to relax. I'm speaking to the procrastinator um, who maybe you know. So maybe you could pass this message on and, and tell them it's online if they'd like to, to watch it. Uh, and, and like Jesus, challenge the procrastination thought and let's seize the day and let's live with this thought and proclamation that it is time. You know, this series, it's time, it's designed to help set us up to live well in a new year with real intent as God followers, to live with intent. And I know we're all at different stages of our journey and wherever you're at is okay, but what's not okay is to stay in the same place at the end of the year. What's not okay is to be in the same station of your journey at the end of this year of 2024. We want to move it along is what we want to do. We want to help each other live purposely as God followers and to live with a real sense of kingdom priority. So this series, it's kind of an extension of a mini-series that I did in November of 2023. And I did this little mini-series called Now Church. 
And when I did that series, I was very aware it was only a two-week series, which just wasn't enough because I've got far more to say than I want to say in two weeks around a a topic and an issue or a, a subject that we want to look at as a church. And so I always knew I was going to come back to these thoughts. And so for this month, we've retagged the title and we've made it it's time, but we're going to talk about some of the things that we just touched on briefly during that series to help us get in the game, to get in the game of being fit for service and shaping up, just like you're going to go to the gym and shape up, just like you're going to lose 20 kilos and look much better, to get yourself spiritually fit for what God wants you to do, what God wants you to be in 2024 and beyond. And so we looked at these thoughts uh, in uh, 2023 in the Now Church uh, series. We looked at living connected, um, which was the thought of, we just need to show up. Then we looked at live community, which is the thought of, we just need to grow up uh, in our faith. And we looked at how to show up and how to grow up. And then we looked at the thought of, let's live committed, which is to step up, what it is to step up and be involved and play our part. And then I've added a new one, which is what we're going to look at. So each week we're going to look at one of these. And so the first week today, we're going to look at showing up. Then we're going to look at growing up. Then we're going to look at stepping up. And then finally, we're going to look at shaping up, which is about living complete. So just indulge me for a moment as we go over a few familiar thoughts from now church in terms of this verse uh, particularly, where Paul wrote in the book of Philippians to the church at Philippi, and he says this, keep putting into practice all you've learned and all you've received from me, everything you've heard from me, and everything you saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. Paul writes this as a mentor, as uh, their apostle, uh, as pastor, as coach. Um, He writes this from all of these perspectives and he tells them to put into practice what you've learned. In other words, live live this out, walk the truth. Uh, Just don't be a believer, but walk out what you believe practice it because at the end of the day you only actually believe what you practice what you apply what you put into place and we we considered this thought in the series of now church that the power of believing is what you do it's in what you do it's not what you intend to do like I have a lot of good intentions for 2024 I actually do intend to lose some weight I'm a little bit slow on that journey I'm a little bit slow on the uptake because I kind of felt like I had some excuses because we lost power for nine days. I mean, you lost power for nine days, you've got to eat the food in the fridge. That's the way it works. And you've got to eat everything in the cupboard. And there's nothing to do, so you just sit around for like nine days. I mean, what do you do? So I've had a bit of a slow start. So I haven't exactly signed up at the gym, which I'm probably not going to do. I haven't um, exactly got my walking plan in place as the only walking I do is from here to the fridge and back and, and you know, down to the car and uh, are, are little, little walks. But I, I need to be more intentional about those things because I'm not going to get what I want unless I walk towards what I want. I'm not going to get what I want unless I walk that way, unless I do what I know to do, what I've learned to do. See, I, the, the problem is not in my knowing. I know what to do. I know how to do it. It's in the doing it that is the issue. And you're the same. We all know what to do. Like there's this thought from the Bible that you really don't even need anyone to instruct you because you already know. It's it's not the knowledge, it's the motivation. It's the get up and go. It's, It's having that coach, the Holy Spirit to draw alongside of you and go whisper in your ear, it's time. It's time. It's just time to get going. It's time to get it going. It's time to bring it back. It's, it's, it's time to step up. It's time to show up. It's time to grow up. It's, it's time to shape up. And I, I have the sense that God is really speaking that deeply into our hearts as 
a church. And so for 2024, let's not just live with good intentions. Let's just be very intentional about the way that we live this thing. Let's show up in our own lives. Some of us just need to do that. Show up in our own lives. And we're not waiting for someone else to do it for us. We're doing it for ourselves. We're showing up in our own lives with what God wants to do. And I really believe that uh, this year is a year for some big words to come into play. Um, one word that I really uh, detest because it's been so overused throughout the whole COVID period, um, unprecedented. That word just nails me. Uh, but I think that word is going to come into play for us. Unprecedented, unequaled, unrivaled, supernatural uh, harvest for 2024 and beyond. I just feel that God is going to bring some surprises uh, into our world for this year. A sense of accelerated, uh, uncommon common favor of God upon our lives individually, but not only individually, corporately, because God has seen the seeds that we've sown. God's seen the seeds that you've sown. God's seen the faith that has been expressed. God's seen the hope and the prayers and the belief that we've walked in through these last few years. God doesn't miss anything. He doesn't miss anything. He doesn't miss the devotion uh, that we've had during this time. And I believe his blessing is coming as a result of that. And so today, I want to talk to you like Paul, like that coach, like that mentor, like that pastor. And I want to encourage every one of us, put into practice what you've learned. Put into practice what you know. Our problem is not our knowledge. Our problem is our doing. And I want to encourage our church to show up in 2024. I want to encourage us to do that. I want to encourage us to show up uh, in now church and love the church for what it is now and for what God is making it and for what it will be in 10, 20, 30 years time. That the investment of what we sow as we work together and partner with God will see God's blessing and favor come in an accelerated way for us. So several thoughts about showing up today uh, for us. Um, We're going to bounce off this thought of living connected, which we looked at uh, in that first series of Now Church. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, Paul says this, although I hope I can come to you soon, I'm writing these things to you now. There was a sense of urgency of a message that Paul wanted to get to his his son in the faith, Timothy, who was pastoring this great church in Ephesus. And he says, then even if I am delayed, you will know how to live in the family of God. You know, there's a certain way to live in the family of God. Every parent knows that. Every parent has a way they want their children, their young adults, their teenagers to live in their family. And we teach them that. We call it culture culture, your way of doing things. And every family has their individual culture of the way things are applied and practiced in the home. It's the same in the church. There's a certain culture in church life. There's a a certain way to live in the family of God that promotes healthy family, that promotes attractiveness uh, to the family and for the family and of the family. And Paul says that family is the church of the living God. We're called to be family. We're not an RSL. We're not a place you go just to hang out. We're not a club. We're the church of the living God. We need never forget that. We're the church of the living God. And Paul says this very significant, powerful statement that we need to be reminded of today as we launch into a new year, that the church of the living God is the support and the foundation of the truth. We are the support and the foundation of the truth. And so Paul writes to instruct Timothy about how people are to live in the family of God, about this posture that needs to be embraced about how to be family. And then he talks about the church playing this role of being the support and the foundation of truth within the community. And I want to declare to you today that one of the things that became very noticeable to me during the whole uh, COVID season uh, was this, was this whole talk about essential services. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk around with church about whether it's essential or not. And I just want to declare to you, it's absolutely essential. It's essential in every way. It's essential for my faith. It's essential for my family. It's essential for the truth. It's essential as a house to declare the truth of God and the truth of God's word to the community. And let's never downgrade the position, the posture, the value, the weight, the importance of the family of God for our personal lives and also for the life of our community. So here's three simple thoughts 
today about what showing up means for us in 2024. Showing up as belonging together. Cheryl shared that word belong uh, around uh, her thoughts before in the service. And it's so important and so beautiful to have a place where you belong. A place where you belong. A place that is called home for you. A place that is family for you. And it's in gatherings like this that our belonging is experienced. And it's where it's displayed that this is this is my church, it's our church, it's God's church, it's all of those words are in play here. Uh, and we've got to live with that sense of this is my church. And so when I'm here, my sense of belonging is, it's added to, it's, it's increased. And it also helps others to feel that. When you're here, others feel good. You make people feel good when you come to church. They do, they feel good because you're here, because there's others here that have that sense of belonging. So church is that centerpiece for us personally, but it's also that centerpiece for our community as it's the foundation and the support of the truth of God's word to our world. And so when it comes to showing up, church, we show up consistently. And uh, I'm so blessed that you're here today and So blessed that you make it a priority for many of you for regular gatherings. I mean, we only do this 52 times a year, 52 times a year. That's 52 opportunities. If you come to church every two weeks, which some people do, that's only 26 times a year that you'll you'll be here. If you come to church once a month, which is what some people do, that's only 12 times in a year. Can I suggest to you that anything you do 12 times a year you're not really doing well. It's like if I only ate 12 times a year, I'd be my ideal weight in no time at all. (laughs) Think about it. If you only went to work 12 times a year, if you only went home 12 times a year, nothing's healthy when you break it down to that kind of dynamic. That's why the regularity, the consistency uh, is, is so powerful in terms of this thought of just showing up. Because when we show up, we don't only do it for ourselves, we also show up for others. And so we don't sit alone, we don't walk alone, uh, we don't do this journey alone. Um, church is a place to gather and connect, build a sense of family and build a sense of belonging to find and build relationship. That's why we do hospitality so big in our church. That's why Bruce is in the kitchen on his birthday cooking uh, for cafe time because he just believes so much in that sense of belonging that's created in our second service, which is in the, the foyer after the service. It's all important to us because it's about building community together. You see, being a believer is more than just believing. It's about belonging. And our believing needs to lead us to belonging. And if it doesn't lead us to belonging, something is wrong with our believing. Everyone say something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with the believing of some people because their belonging is not as as, as strong as it could be, as it should be. And it's always a belief issue. It's a belief issue about what the value of this is in our world. You see, God's plan is that every believer would show up in his church, that every believer would show up in his church. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, you are all members of God's very own family citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Where does every other Christian belong? In God's household. We all belong in the house of God. There's a house for every believer. There's a church for every believer. And we've just got to find the place that we belong. And when we belong there, just belong there. Everyone say belong. Belong. That's what we need to do. We need to belong in the house. And we do that by showing up. Sometimes I hear people say, well, I love Jesus, but I just don't do church. And my response is, if you don't do church, I'm not sure you really love Jesus. I'm really not sure. I think Jesus, if he heard you say that, he'd probably want to adjust that attitude. Any, any mums and dads ever had to adjust an attitude? Mm. It's, it's called discipline. It's, it's, discipline is never pleasant. But discipline is necessary because someone that needs to be disciplined that is not disciplined learns to live without discipline. 
And they become a nightmare for everyone else in the community. And so discipline is really important. And sometimes the Father has to discipline us, like Jesus had to speak to the people that wanted to follow him. He said, well, let me go do this first. Let me go and take care of that. And Jesus said, no, seize the day. Seize the day. It's time right now, boys. If you want to come and follow me, you put your hand up. We're going. This is all in. This is the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. Don't even take a backward look. Walk with me. Talk with me. Work with me is what Jesus said. That's the journey that he has every single one of us on. We're called to belong together. In Romans, Paul paints a picture of us being like a a physical body. The church like a physical body. And he says, in the same way, we are many, but in Christ we are all one body. And each one is part of that body. And each part belongs to all the other parts. Not only do I belong to church, but I belong to you and you belong to me. Everyone say belong. It's a deep thought with rich truth in about the way we do the journey in our personal families, but also in our broader spiritual family, the church of the living God. There's there's this sense of we're doing the journey together and we belong to each other as a family. So showing up, first of all, is in how we gather. It's in how, how we do church. Showing up then secondly is in sharing together. That we share, this is a big part of how church is done uh, in early church. That they they learnt to share together in the way that they did their journey. You know, there's such an amazing bond that you create when you share. When you share with people, it shows that you care, and it creates such a bond for people when we do that. Uh, it it overflows in 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 concern and connection and those two things are elevated in our lives and life journey when we are a sharer now sharing is not something we do naturally like children have to be taught to share most children don't share as a natural instinct you've got to teach them most children are all about mine mine some adults are about mine mine And the reason they're about mine, mine, was because when they were children, no one taught them to share. Sharing is a taught truth. It's a taught truth. You could use our language and say it's a revelation. It's a revelation that it's not all about me. It's about sharing. It's about sharing my world, my life with other people. Like Paul says, it's about opening up my heart and living expansively living expansively for other people and being concerned about other people. Sharing is actually a sign that you're a big person, that you're an adult and that you're mature. And when you're an adult and you're mature and and you understand this, you live a life of sharing and you teach it to the little people in your world. Like Paul says, Everything you've learned from me, everything you've heard from me, everything you've seen in me, put it into practice. You teach the little people in your world, around your world. Little could be not only in stature and age, but little in growth. And so you're teaching them to grow by watching the way that you share, in the way that you behave uh, in this. In the book of Acts, it happened like this in the early church. Acts 2.42, it says, All the believers... Now, last time I looked up that word all in the Greek, it still meant the same thing. All. It means everyone. Everyone. It says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the, the, the truth of God's word that was being taught. They were devoted to it. They lent into it and, and desired to know the truth. And also to fellowship, to gatherings. They, they gathered consistently and to sharing in meals. This is not a contemporary church concept. This goes all the way back to early church to the first church, is that they shared meals together, including the Lord's Supper. You know, I love nothing more than seeing on Facebook a little probo from different connect groups and gatherings that people have, and and they do a little picture of a communion glass and a little bit of bread, and they're taking a moment just to say, thank you, Jesus, in that moment. Have some common union, some community with God in that moment of gathering. You can do that. You don't have to wait for a Sunday. You don't need a priest or a pope or a pastor to do it for you. You can do that. You can practice that. This is what the early church did. They did it whenever they had meals. And also 
to prayer. And then it says, a deep sense of awe came over everybody. If you want deep awe in church, go deep in those other areas. If you want deep awe is actually an outcome. It's an outcome. It's an outcome due to certain behaviors. And Paul, uh, not Paul, the, the writer of Acts mentions that here where he says the apostles' teaching, they were devoted to that. They were devoted to gatherings. They were devoted to the sharing of meals, the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And the outcome was, wow. Everyone go, wow. A deep sense of awe. What a beautiful place to live. I think we could all do with a little bit more awe in our world. And it says, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders. God was able to move uh, in that atmosphere of devotion, in that environment of faith, in that, that, that sense of um, sharing that they had. And it says, all the believers met in one place and they shared everything that they had. Church showing up is sharing together. And I pray we get a whole lot better at our sharing in 2024. I actually think we do this pretty well uh, as a church, but I, I just pray that all of us have people in our world that we're sharing and caring for and, and sharing with uh, in our world. Showing up finally, everyone say finally. Showing up, showing up, you're supposed to say that with a bit more passion for the first service in 2024. Showing up is holding together, holding together. I love the scene in the movie Gladiator, which is an oldie, but it's a goodie. I still, anyone still love that movie, Gladiator? I put it on every now and then. I just love it. It's a, it's a great, it's, it's a man's movie. Or maybe it's not. Is it a girl's movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty high pitch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everybody's kind of movie, Gladiator. And I love the scene when Russell Crowe is with his ragtag team of uh, would-be gladiators. And uh, they had this enemies that they were fighting in the arena. And they, they are circled around uh, a wagon that had gone down. They've got the shields. And, and Russell um, Crowe is, is leading the charge here and telling everyone what to do because he has been a great gladiator and a great warrior uh, for the Roman army and a great leader, a great general. And uh, here he is in this moment. He just takes charge and he takes leadership because the ragtag bunch, they don't know how to look after each other. They only know how to look after themselves. They know how to fight for themselves. And it's one thing to fight for yourself, but it's another thing to fight for your brother. It's one thing to be good with your sword. It's another thing to make someone else strong with their sword. It's one thing to use your shield to protect yourself. It's another thing to use it to protect everybody else. And here, Russell Crowe gets them all to surround around in a circle and put their shields up. And, and, and just hold. And you hear him yell out the command as the enemy is coming. He goes, hold, hold, hold. And he, what he's doing is he's rallying them just to hold together. Don't run now. I know everything in your heart says run. I know fear is in your heart. I know you just want to escape. I know you think you can beat him by yourself, but you can't. You need me. You need us. Hold. Turn to your neighbor and say, Hold. Hold. There is such power in just holding. Just holding. Just holding. Holding together is such a powerful and strong thought for the church. For, for our leadership over the last few years, that's been our cry. It's just hold. Just hold on. Don't create gaps. Don't give up your post. Don't be inactive. Don't be silent. Um, I love the first song we started church with today. Let your praise be loud in the house. Let it be loud in the house. I don't care whether there's 20 people in church. Let it be loud. Whether there's 30, 40, 50, let it be loud. Whether there's 100 or 1,000, let it be loud. Hold. Everyone say hold. Hold. Hold together. You know, unity is at its strongest when we hold together in hard times. And there has been such a bond that has been created in the last few years for those that have held together because we've come through some tough moments together we've come through some tough moments together and I'm so proud of you I'm so proud of you for holding so proud of your family for holding for holding strong and having your shield up not only for yourself but for others and I want everyone to know that comes to be a part of our church family, that we are a church that will both behold him, 
but we will also hold each other and we will hold for each other and we will hold together in this house for the purpose of God in and through this house. We used to sing a song many years ago in church called Bind Us Together, Lord, Bind Us Together. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with love. You know, this is the way that the early church was both framed and formed through holding together. Holding together. Just holding together. That's how they were framed. That's how they were formed. They had to do it through all kinds of persecution. Uh, some of them were being dragged off and murdered. Some of them were being dragged off and taken to prison. Husbands disappearing, wives disappearing. Not because they left the church, because their life was under threat and they were taken, they were stolen by the Roman Empire. And they lived under this persecution. And in the middle of that persecution, they held together. Now, last I noticed, none of us have been dragged off to prison for what we believe. The government's not coming and getting you. Some thought they were, but they weren't. They never were. They're not your enemy. We need to hold together as we have for now church and future church, just as we have through the last few years of church. There is such a bond of strength that is developed within us and on us when we just keep showing up by holding together. And the church will never glow like the church is called to glow. And I don't mean our church, I mean the church. It'll never glow like it's called to glow unless we show up and we do the things that we're talking about today which increase our heart and they increase our reach and they increase our care factor. Can I have our team come to stage, please? 1 Corinthians, Paul puts it this way. He says, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't mention, the parts we see and the parts we don't see. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt. Did you hear that? Can I say that again? Because this is part of the pattern of what Paul believed about what it is to be church and to be church family. He said, if one part of the body hurts, we're all involved in the hurt. And then he says this beautiful little phrase, we're all involved in the healing. We're all involved in the healing. We're all healers. We're all healers. We all play that partnership with God where we help bring healing into people's hearts, into people's homes and people's lives. And it's part of the mandate that God has placed upon us as a church is to help those that hurt and to bring them into healing. And the best way that I can bring people into healing is by me showing up and me sharing and me belonging and me caring and me playing my part in the body of Christ to give an environment and an atmosphere where others can heal. And I can help heal people of their hurt. And oftentimes I'm even unaware, totally unaware of what their hurt is. But I create, along with God and with others, that atmosphere, that environment, that room where they can feel the awe. I want people to feel the awe when they come into the house of God. I wanted to feel that. I wanted to feel the awe. I wanted to feel the wow, wow. Wow, wow. That's what I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel when they walk into the door and come into the room. That there's something different about this space. It's not just another auditorium. We have that with our trainees that come from the community to do their traineeship programs with us in hospitality and retail and administration after a couple of weeks because they don't know us right they don't understand us at all and they do know that we're a church and they do know that we're Christian they do know that we're in their words a little bit different and 
it takes kind of about six weeks, I think, for them to warm up to us and realize we're, we're just human beings ourselves. And we're just like them. And we're normal. And then after about six or eight weeks, they start to say things like, you know, every day I come to this place, I just feel peace. I just feel it in this place. Because they come from homes where there's a lot of, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of chaos. They don't really have family. And they come in here and we talk about family, like family and of family. And you just see them start to grow. You start, see them start to feel the awe. By the end of the program, they love us. By the end of the program, they have tears. By the end of the program, their hard hearts have softened. What's that called? It's called healing. Healing. And healing brings hope to the human soul. I don't know what your hurt is, but I do know that there's healing for it. I do know there's hope for you. No matter where your world and life is at, wherever it's at is simply where it's at. That's where it's at. But it's not where it needs to stay. And my prayer for 2024 is that God would move it forward for you into a place of healing. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? We really thrive as a church family when we when we behave like family. And that's why I wanted to speak about showing up today, first up in 2024. The importance of it, the value of it. I want you to be encouragers of other people to show up. Show up. I love nothing more than when all my family sits at my table. All my family sits at my table. Christmas. It's beautiful. And I pray that for our church family this year. Take every opportunity you can to be a gatherer. And don't just come to church. Come to church. Come to church. Attitude. Do it with attitude. Could someone get rid of that for me? Thank you. Mikey, can you come over here right in the center of the stage with your microphone? Can you... Can you play from there, sing from there? It's cool. Mia, can you come and stand next to him? We lost the singer. Lily, can you come and stand here? We're just going to do it real intimate today. That's what we're going to do. We're going to sing that beautiful old song we sang. I love the old songs because I can remember them. I don't need the words. Lord, I give you my heart. Give God your heart. I give, you my give Him everything soul. for 2024. Come on, church, lean in, lift your hands. Make this our prayer. Every breath that I take, every moment I
of devotion to that and the value of it, the weight of it, the importance of it for our personal faith, but for our corporate mandate and mission. I pray God help us to help people. Help us to help people. Help us to be healing channels for people. For people in the room today and people online today that have hurt as they're carrying into 2024, I pray today, turn the hurt into healing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' powerful name. I pray you would crown this year with abundance. I pray you'd roll out your favor and your blessing in, in unprecedented, unequal, and unrivaled ways. I pray for supernatural harvest. I pray, God, that your blessing and your favor would saturate our lives individually and corporately in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you, church. Thank you so much for being with us today for the start of 2024 for our church. Hospitality is now open. Cafes open. Why don't you grab some moments, grab some people, sit down with some friends, make some new friends, enjoy some time just gathering together. Thank you to our online family today. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Have an amazing week. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.